Hey, hey, everybody. You're listening to the OK Connection. I'm Josh. I am Garrett. And this is our uh, spectacular Halloween edition. Happy Halloween. We've never had one of those before. Never done a Halloween podcast. No, this is the first time. Halloween's coming up on Tuesday. As you're probably aware, if you uh, look at a calendar ever in your life. October 31st, though. So this will be coming out, obviously, before Halloween. So we thought we'd do a little spooky Halloween-themed edition. We're going to talk about <laughs> Halloween events going on around around the area this coming week. Talk about some Halloween or some, like, spooky spooky ghost stories. Oklahoma, Oklahoma lore. lore. Some fun stuff like that. But first... We're going to open with dueling Halloween jokes. Bum, 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 bum. Here's my first one. Well, I only have one. Here's the saying. first one. What kind of instrument do you play on Halloween? What kind of instrument do you play on Halloween? A spookalele. Get it? Get it? Because it's like a ukulele, but spooky. Ugh. Jesus. All right, so what do you got? Why do skeletons have low self-esteem? Why? They have no body to love. Oh, and that's kind of sad. Yep, way to bring kind, it down. Kind of sad. Well, if you think about all of Halloween, isn't it kind of sad? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I know. There's lots of tricks and treats. There are. What is there to be sad about? That's true. <coughs> well, if, unless you have to do a trick. That's true. Does anyone never, ever have to? Uh, if you don't have candy. They say trick or treat, but when has they have, when has there ever been a trick? Well, if you if you don't have candy, if you're ill-prepared, but in this modern day and age, if you don't have candy, you don't answer the door. Right. Or turn on your light. Well, does that even happen, though? Because I feel like even in, in the past when people did trick or treat more than when we, like when we were kids, either the kids who did the tricks, they never asked. Yeah. They don't go trick or treating. Well, they I, just go tricking, and that's not fun. I think the people at the door are the ones that had to do the trick. Is that how that works? I think so. Because I think the kids are declaring trick or treat, and if you don't have a treat, then you have to do a trick. Oh, really? I think so. I always envisioned it as it's the kid demanding a a treat or you get tricked. Oh. I don't know. No, I don't know either. But treat or I trick you. Right. But I don't know. No. I was never schooled on that. Anyway, let's, uh, let's start with talking about some of the events going on. Around town for people who are looking for some fun Halloween themed spooky stuff. Okay. No numero one. Actually, two of these are going to be uh, Guthrie Green, which is my favorite uh, park in town. Yeah. My favorite Tulsa Park is Guthrie yeah, Green. Yeah, absolutely. A nice little green space in the middle of a middle of downtown. It's very nice. Anyway, the first they're going to do the Ghouls on the Green Sunday Market and Concert is Sunday at two thirty. It's 2.30 to 6.30. That's the 29th. And so it's part of their normal. They always do a Sunday market and concert. Yeah. But this one's spooky because there's going to be trick-or-treating on the green, a creepy crawly art crawl. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and they're going to have a costume contest along with some arts and crafts uh, activities. And there's going to be live music. There'll be uh, Matt Stansberry and the Romance, Dane Arnold and the Soup, and some more. All the music starts at 2.30, and that runs through 6.30 Sunday at Guthrie Green. So that's fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, for this week, or I mean, I guess it depends on when you're listening to it, but uh, uh, on October 25th at 7.30, they're playing Hocus Pocus on the Lawn at Elwood's. That'll be, uh, I mean, Hocus Pocus, classic Halloween movie. It's not scary. Right, even though our friend Andrew's never seen it. Yeah, well, he hasn't seen a lot of modern movies. <laughs> um, and then, uh, let's see, what do we got? There's this There's a thing that's been going on lately, and um, it's like a, I don't know who does it, 
I could probably look, but I'm uh, Tulsa <laughs> Tulsa Spirit Tours. Oh, sure. And they are doing a lot lately. Uh, they've got a bunch going on. So on October 26th at 830 is the Serial Killers Murder and Mayhem Tour. I'm uh, pretty sure it's sold out, unfortunately, but it kind of sounds interesting because it's a bus tour, and a lot of these are, and you go look at the darker side of Tulsa according to the event. It's going to look at the creepy facts about a string of brutal murders which took place in the 1940s near downtown Tulsa. Um, I didn't know about that. The Tulsa Northside killer had Tulsa residents fearing for their safety and locations where these terrifying acts took place. We'll drive along the path that Tulsa's first serial killer used to find his victims here each murder and victim and their striking similarities. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. So that'll be fun. And then they've also got uh, Ghost Girls and Gunslingers evening. It's a walking tour. It's, it's October 26th at 7 p.m. So they have a lot uh, of spooky little tours that they're going to do, it looks like. Neat. Yeah. Neat. I think those would be a ton of fun. Those would be fun. Um, we've also got Circle Cinema is going to show Friday night. I'm going to do a little uh, uh, spooky double feature type of thing with um, Nosferatu Ooh. at 8 o'clock on Friday night, followed by uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh. Both classics. Yeah. This is, I mean, Nosferatu is 1922. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is 1920, which is very old. Yeah. So those are going to be playing at Circle Cinema on Friday, October 27th. You can see both films for just $18. Pretty good. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. And they're going to have a, it looks like there's going to be a, a, a band playing from Austin. All right. The Invincible Zars. The Invincible Zars are coming to tell us for one night only, and they are gracing our stage with the silent cinema double bill evening featuring two classics of the era, which will be screened alongside their own original score performed live. Well, how about that? That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's uh, very neat. They're also doing out of Guthrie Green, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. screening, which they do every year. Yeah, Halloween uh, night. You can dress up. You can throw things. They always do uh, a good job of that. I went the first or second year they did it, and it was a lot of fun. Got to, uh, I mean, uh, Rocky Horror is uh, one of my favorite musicals, as is. And, uh, just, I, you know, I don't know all the rules and stuff that you do, but it's always fun to see the people that really get into it. It's almost more fun watching them than to watch the movie sometimes. That's true. That's very true. I think that wraps it up for the events going on around town. There's also your classics. I mean, everyone loves going to haunted houses like the Hex House. And, sure. And uh, the castle in Muskogee is always nice and spooky this time of year. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween. I love doing this stuff. I don't always get to, but I like that it exists. Yeah, Halloween's on a Tuesday this year. And uh, just so people know, uh, if you're in Broken Arrow... They have a curfew. I'm sure Tulsa does too, but I know this off the top of my head because I got an email today that if you're under the age of 18 in Broken Arrow, your curfew is 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. And if you're by yourself, not with an adult, you're violating the curfew. So just FYI, be aware of that. You want to be safe on Halloween. There's a bunch of kids running around, you know, crazy stuff happens on Halloween sometimes. You got to be careful. That's true. I got to say, though, now that I'm an adult, you come knocking at my door for candy after 11 o'clock, you ain't going to get no candy. That's too late to be trick-or-treating. That's true. No one's going to get candy that late at night. No. No, no, no. Anyone um, out that late at night is up to no good. True. No good. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times... Sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times, 
I'm not even getting home until 11. True. So yeah. you may not get any candy from me. Sorry. I'm no, gonna eat, I'm no, gonna probably all. not. Well, I'm going to be, I'll be doing Halloween stuff. Yeah. Speaking of Halloween stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some Oklahoma lore. Yeah. Shall yeah, we? Yeah, I wanted to do that. Oklahoma is kind of uh, haunted so they say. Travel Oklahoma's got a lot of uh, information about like haunted houses and lore and, and different places around the entire state that is supposedly haunted. Yeah. So first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into these spooky urban legends that they have listed on here. The first one is one that we've talked about before in the past because we kind of want to dig into it further someday. Yeah. Uh, Elmer McCurdy, the sideshow mummy of Guthrie. That, already, I mean, that's already got my attention. It's already intriguing. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read what they've got here, and we'll discuss it from there, or maybe in between. I don't know. Yeah. So Elmer McCurdy is more famous for what happened after his death than anything he did in life. Many people believe he was an outlaw, a drunk, and part of a notoriously incompetent gang that roamed Oklahoma and the surrounding states during the turn of the century. By all accounts, Elmer should have been forgotten after he was killed during a shootout in 1911. Instead. Elmer's corpse was taken to a funeral home in Pawhuska, where an undertaker decided to embalm the unclaimed remains. He charged visitors a nickel to see the mummy for several years before a circus man, claiming he was McCurdy's relative, swindled the funeral home into selling him McCurdy's corpse. Afterwards, the body was bought and sold numerous times as part of a variety of freak shows, carnivals, and traveling acts for decades. And before I go further than that, let's just let's just jump into that right here. <laughs> this circus man yeah. swindled a Pawhuska a funeral home out of a corpse. Also, let's talk about the fact that this undertaker just started charging people a nickel to see a mummy yeah. at a funeral home. It's very creepy. It's very weird. It's not like Certainly a museum would not or fly anything. today. No. Certainly would not fly today. No. Not without proof. No. I don't even know. Can you imagine if a funeral home today was like, hey, you got a nickel? I'll let you see a body. In California, they have that drive-by funeral home. Do you know about this? I know about the drive-by funeral home. That's, it's different. That, they don't charge them, though. No, they this don't charge like, them. This is like, you want to see a body? Right. Not like, are you here because yeah. you're a relative yeah. or whatever? Uh, so that's weird. But let's. this next part is kind of why he's famous now. So keep in mind that, that he was killed in 1911 and then was bought and sold by, by freak shows and circuses and carnivals for a while. In the 1970s, his remains made their way to Long Beach, where they were put on display at an amusement park. The popular TV show The Six Million Dollar Man was filming at the park in 1976 when a crew member moved what he thought was a mannequin and broke one of the arms off. And I bet you know where this is going. <laughs> I bet it wasn't a mannequin. Proving, without a doubt... That it was an actual man and not a mannequin. After some research, the body was identified as Elmer McCurdy and finally buried in the Boot Hill section of Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma, April 22nd, 1977, after more than 60 years on the road as a mummy. That's insane. The local medical examiner ordered that two cubic yards of concrete be poured on top of Elmer's grave to ensure that his remains will never be disturbed again. I want to go to this. That? I, yeah. we, we were we were informed of this uh, late last year, I think. And ever since then, it's just been something that has been so mind-bogglingly crazy. Right. It's so weird. 
It's so weird. Yeah, and I I want to go see it. Like the fact this the fact that this old drunk incompetent gang member in 1911 Oklahoma that his body made its way to a Hollywood film set. Yeah. Before he was discovered as not being a prop. And not like some random Hollywood thing. Like the six million dollar man, right? Yeah, six that's million a big, dollar man. I mean, that's a pretty impressive TV show back in the day. Right, I think it was right. very, very popular. It's so wild. And just think that like you know how gross that would have been to be the one to figure out that was a human body? Right. And you'd be like, this is not sanitary at all. No. Well, and so back it up a little bit even more. Did you say he swindled him out of the thing of the body? Right. That's, That's what, what they claim. So yeah. that I guess that implies that he didn't buy it. But let's or that he got a real deal on right, it. Right. But like, if it's your relative, even back then, I feel like you wouldn't charge it. But I mean, I guess if the guy, if the funeral home director is making money off of it, he's probably going to be like, okay, yeah, well, it I'll sell like you the, the Undertaker the thing back. was mostly interested in money yeah. by the fact that he was going to charge a nickel a piece to see the mummy. Yeah. For. He wasn't even a famous robber. No. Or whatever. At least it doesn't seem that way. I mean, he could have said that it was a famous person. That's like, right. It, it, I don't know. Tutankhamen or whatever. You just got to think, like, what kind of what kind of stuff was going on at Pahuska back then where the entertainment was looking at the mummy at the local funeral home? Yeah. Because Pahuska used to be a happening kind of place. Sure. And the oil boom and all that. I don't know what exactly the time period of all that stuff, but I don't know. No. It seems wild to me. But that is the, the story of Elmer McCurdy. We got some more here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell the story of the Hex House because everybody knows that the Hex House is a very popular haunted house attraction but there's an actual story behind it that i i didn't know this so uh once again this comes from uh traveloklahoma.com or travelok.com uh the famous talks the famous tulsa hex house uh lives on the city's annual hex house haunted attraction uh one of the scariest halloween houses in the state uh the original legend begins with carol ann smith a woman who went by several names in the tulsa area in 1944 After noticing some suspicious behavior, the police searched Carol's house at 10 East 21st Street and found two women living there as, quote, religious slaves. Whoa! End quote. What? Yeah. In the dark and unheated basement. No! Supposedly under hypnosis or some kind of hex, Carol forced them to live in cages with barely any food for over seven years. Carol! (laughs) They were only allowed outside to go to work and even gave Smith their paychecks at the promise of great rewards. Uh, Smith lived off several insurance policies as she had been collecting under suspicious circumstances. It is widely believed she planned on taking out insurance on the two women as well. Smith Smith was never charged with murder, but did jail time after the investigation. Upon her release, she fled the state. The house was a popular spooky site visited by teenagers until it was torn down in 1975. The basement is supposedly still intact under a paved parking lot, and the story lives on as the inspiration for Tulsa's Hex House haunted attraction. Nope. Big ol' nope. I've never been to the Hex House. No, but I hear it's terrifying. I hear it is also very terrifying, and I'm a very scaredy-pants kind of guy. Yeah, so I've only gone to one, I guess, technical haunted house, and that was the Nightmare. And I I mean, I wouldn't call that a haunted house. I, I mean, it is. Um... But I, I didn't, 
it's so I don't I, I like to be scared, but there's like a certain kind of scared that I like. So the nightmare uh, was fun until we went to the and they change it every year. So I don't think I'm giving anything away. But I went into this one room and it was kind of strobe lighty and the the lights would go out occasionally. And when the lights come on, it was just a strobe light. And so there were like these demons in this one room that we went in. And when the lights go out. And they came back on and there was a dude painted in like demon face just like inches from my face. And I don't like that kind of scared because there's no guarantee that I'm not going to haul off and punch you right in the face. Yeah. And I feel bad. Like if it's just something jumping out at me or things like that, that's one thing. But like in your face, I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to be in my bubble. And that's why I don't like haunted houses. And I hear the hex house. You have to sign a thing because they will grab you. I don't know if that's true again. I've Is never it? gone, but I think someone told me that, and that would make me cry. <laughs> Be like, no, no, I don't like that either. I can't remember the last time I went to a legitimate uh, haunted house like that. The closest I can think of is is when we went to the Walking Dead haunted house oh, at man. Universal Studios in in California. Yeah, so we got to tell that story because it's Halloweeny. Walking Dead just came by. So we went last year? Yeah, last summer. To California. It was me, you, and our friend Andrew, who uh, he's on the podcast occasionally, and Mm -hmm. he does a lot of the work for the video stuff that we do for the OK Connection. Um, Such a gentleman. Such a sweetheart. And we were going into this Walking Dead thing. He's never seen it, but he at least knows what the Walking Dead is to an extent. Um, You and me are hoping to be somewhere in the middle. And we're going through the line and we get stopped at the very front. Like we're literally the next people to go in. They stop us. And I'm like, dang it. So we go through and somehow you and I are able to migrate towards the middle. But Andrew is stuck at the front. Oh, as usual. Of this haunted maze zombie walk. And he's stuck in this dilemma of being a gentleman because there's a group of girls who are just in the line with us. And he's trying to let them go in front of him, but not like in a I'm scared way. It's like a, oh, ladies first kind of a way. But the whole time these zombies are popping out and these girls are screaming and he's trying to let them go. And they're going, no, I don't want to go in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And you and me just are in the middle just laughing at it's this hard point. To, yeah, I'm, I'm torn between being terrified and, and laughing. Yeah, because we can see. Sight ahead of me. It was great. So I'm reading, I had to look up more about Carol Ann Smith and the Hex House. Uh Uh-oh. And I found this article from the Tulsa World that goes a little bit more in depth into it. And this is crazy. Really? So at the time, uh, in the paper was the Tulsa Tribune, and they characterized Carol Ann Smith as a she-svengali, in quotes, (laughs) because those are their words. Wow. And they're talking about how they would, the same basic stuff about she had them hexed and been mesmerized and would uh, take money out of their health or their insurance and all that. But they said that, so they, they, she made the two women sleep in the basement on orange crates dressed in threadbare clothing. And for some reason they made the note that they were denied makeup, which seems like the lowest bit of priority for someone trapped in a basement. Right. Held by a. Crazy woman? Crazy woman. Yeah. But I don't know. 
says that neighbors reported seeing a, mi- a mysterious midnight burial in the yard, prompting police to dig up two small coffins containing the remains of dogs. That's creepy. Right? Well, I don't... So, I feel like it's creepy that they got coffins. I mean, do, yeah. maybe that's just It me. seems odd for the time period. <laughs> yeah. That's strange. Oh my gosh, this is so nuts. So, I was... I was Prompted to look up more after after you had read that she was later uh, sentenced to prison after the investigation was never charged with murder. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, then what did she get? Because they made mention that she was released. Right. I was like, really? Uh, in October 1944, she was found guilty of inducing the two younger women to testify falsely against a neighbor and sentenced to a year in prison following a three-day trial. A month later... Smith pleaded guilty to federal charges of using the mail to defraud and making false statements to obtain a wartime ration book in the name of her bulldog, Bon Bon. I don't know what to say to that. No, I'm a little, I'm a little upset that this, that this woman kept these people prisoner in her basement and, and that's just the most of what we know, possibly did far worse things and served a year in prison. Mm -hmm. That's wild. That is wild. It makes me wonder if the Hex House is based on that, like if the story of this woman is the part of the house. I mean, that's what it said. Uh, the The basement is supposedly still intact under the under a paved parking lot, and the story lives on as the inspiration for Tulsa's Hex House yeah. attraction. And this World article says that the Hex House was eventually sold and demolished, with the grounds turned into a parking lot for the Actar Shrine Temple. The steps can still still be seen on 21st Street. So maybe we need to go find those steps, take a picture. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. That's crazy. I had a st- I was gonna I had a story pulled up, but I got so pulled into that. Oh, so this is this is fun. This is Crybaby Bridge. Yeah. Katusa. Yeah, never so been there, but know about it. A lot of places have similar similar phenomena type of things like this. My favorite is there's always it seems like every every town has a place where uh you know like you you, you feel like your car is being pushed up a hill. Mm-hmm. This is in the vein of that but not exactly. So according to local legend, a Katusa woman raced across across Old Boggy Creek Bridge on June 13th, 1924, Friday, June 13th. Mm-hmm. 1924. A fierce storm had broken out and the woman was trying to hurry home. The only passenger was her newborn baby, which rested on the seat beside her. Okay, mm-hmm. mine is 1924. Sure. There's not any car seats. Right, I right, right. Certainly not seatbelts. As the mother and child crossed the bridge, a crackle of lightning frightened the horses that were pulling her carriage. They bucked wildly and tipped the carriage over. During the chaos, the mother lost hold of her infant. As she frantically searched the bridge, yelling for help in the pouring rain, she heard her baby let out a cry from the river below. She leaned over the edge of the damaged bridge and in doing so, lost her footing and fell into the river and neither of them were ever seen again. And it's said now that if you go out to Boggy Creek Bridge on Friday the 13th, you can still hear the baby crying. Ugh. Each year following the accident, roses were placed at two unmarked graves near the bridge, but ceased after Bessie and Clissy were written on the headstones decades later. The bridge was bypassed in 2001 and is not open to the public, but is still clearly visible from Keatonville Road. 
I don't like that. That gave me some heebie-jeebie chills. Well, so this is not in that same area, but you remember that time we were going, we were in Owasso, and I don't remember what road it was. It was near Roger State. You gonna tell me about the baby's doll's heads? Yes. Yeah. I hate that. That was also near Keatonville. Was it in that area? Yeah. We were going down this road, and we look, and there are all these little baby doll heads just nailed to trees, and that is some serial killer, <laughs> true detective yeah. season one stuff that I was not prepared for. I read a news story the other day that said that this family... I get, I don't remember where it was. It wasn't here, but it was somewhere where his family had done something similar and like taken baby dolls and dirtied them up and like hung them from trees. No. And stuff like that. Don't do and that. And the neighbors were like really not okay with it. Good. They are <laughs> they saying like, you have to take beings. those down. I don't I was like, like that. I was like, yeah, they're really creepy, but come on. If it's a Halloween thing, that's it fine. Was a Halloween like, thing. This was this not was Halloween. Not Halloween. I don't no, remember they it being just, Halloween. No, they were just baby dolls nailed to the trees. That's, that's creepy, super creepy and scary, and I don't like it. But I feel like I've heard similar stories from other places of like, if you're really quiet, you can hear the screams. Because mm. some of these stories about the the hills is uh, the one I hear the most commonly is a story about like, oh, a school bus crashed with children in it. And if you park your car at the top of this hill, the kids will come out and push your car over to keep you from getting hit like they did, like that kind of thing. And that reminds me of this. Now I want to go see, I'm, I'm sad that the bridge was bypassed, but I'm glad to see it's still visible. I want to go visit it. Yeah. Not right now, because it's very late as the, at, the, at the time we're recording this. Yeah. It's scary dark outside. It is. Uh, in addition to some lore, there's also uh, on the Travel OK website, uh, a list of like most haunted places in Oklahoma. And uh, the Cherokee Strip Museum in Alva is the one that sounds like it's going to scare me the most. So uh, according <laughs> to the Travel Oklahoma website, uh, the patients of botched surgeries are said to lurk in this hospital turned museum located in Western Oklahoma near the area it, near the area known ominously as quote, no man's land unquote. Uh, from the unwavering gaze of mannequins to the uncomfortable feeling you get while roaming through the Cherokee Strip Museum in Alva, it's hard to feel like you're not being watched. If the otherworldly aspect doesn't have you running for the hills, the creepy displays will, as there is a wide array of vintage medical instruments, including nope, nope, an embalming nope, table. Nope, nope, The building has seen its share of death since it was completed in 1932, and whether or not you encounter paranormal activity at the museum, you're sure to come across the bricked-up second and third story of the building, a piano or a player piano that seemingly plays at random and a mysterious blood spot on the floor that refuses to be washed away. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. That's, I'm out. I would go to that. I think I like the idea of haunted houses and haunted tours for some reason. I don't know why. But that, no, no. <laughs> Bloods, a mysterious blood spot on the floor that can't, that refuses to be washed away? Yeah, so the top of that, the, the blood spot and the playing piano reminds me, I, this is a movie I, don't, I think you said you've never seen, but it reminds me of The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. So it's an old, Mr. Chicken. It's an old movie with Don Knotts. Okay. And it is a horror movie, but it's, it's like a comedy also, because Don Knotts, obviously. Sure. But it was a movie that I watched as a kid, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> because I think I, I used to own it. I don't know if I do anymore. But the piano plays by itself, and there are like blood-stained keys. is really creepy. Is I, I, It may not scare me as an adult. But it might. But it was a good movie. And that's what it makes me think of. For me, so like, 
I'm I'm terrified of modern day hospitals. <laughs> I don't sure. like going into real hospitals. So the thought of going into a hospital where there were a bunch of botched surgeries and like what did you even say embalming? Tables yeah, there's an embalming like table that? now. Hell no. A bunch of old timey medicine-y stuff. But see, I like that stuff. Hell no. <laughs> Why? That's terrifying. Ah, uh, history. No. I like a lot of weird things, though. Like, no, I can't do, I can't do creepy old hospitals. Well, because I always watched uh, Oddities. Yeah, sure. And they had a lot of med- old medical supplies and things like that, and I always found that interesting. For me, it's like all the stories of how gruesome and almost torturous, like, old medical practice used to be. Yeah. And, like... Oh, what's that episode of that episode of Lore on Amazon where they were like doing lobotomies yeah. in people's brains? No, yeah, that, that looks kind creepy. of and they were just like, let's just try it, yeah, let's see what happens. Jam this giant needle through their eye into their brain. No, yep, yep. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not, not gonna fun. go into an old hospital like that. No, never, 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 never. <laughs> so I found here's another one that just like is like what like a sci-fi channel original movie. I don't even understand it. The Shaman's Portal. <laughs> Where'd you find this? Because we're looking at the same website. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, well, I'm gonna keep my secrets then, because it is on that same website. <laughs> oh, the uh, so uh, Beaver Dunes Park is in the Oklahoma Panhandle. It's known as a as a great place for like ATV riding because it's got all these sand dunes. Okay. And it's also notoriously called Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle because of strange occurrences that date back to the times of Spanish explorer Coronado. So uh, Native Americans tried to warn Coronado of the perils of the dunes, but he did not listen. And three of his men disappeared into paranormal flashes of green light while exploring the area without any sign. And this is according to Coronado's journal. He wrote this down. Paranormal flashes of green light. Ever since, there have been other accounts of people who have simply vanished into a mysterious alternate dimension in the same way. No definitive explanation has ever been given, but it is often thought that the poor souls are unfortunate victims of what has since been named Shaman's Portal. I want to go to this. <laughs> that somehow scares me less than creepy old hospitals. Yeah. No, that sounds like it's very interesting. It does. What but if I'm you a- went into the shaman's portal? What if it's better over there? Well, it could be. What if you went into the green light and you were like, hey. I like this it. This is all right. Yeah. This is all right. Maybe in that tall. world we have in and out or something. That'd be good. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to look up more while we discuss this because that is fascinating. I, I want to talk about, uh, let's talk about Rob Lowe. <laughs> Let's talk. This is going to sound What does this weird. have to do with Robbie? It does, well, this doesn't have to do with that. I'm just talking about scary things. Ah, sure. Uh, Rob Lowe was in town for uh, the Outsider House. Yeah. And he was also filming a show with his sons uh, where they go look up paranormal stuff. What was it called? The Low Files? Yeah. And yeah. he said that he came as close as he's ever been to finding Bigfoot. Like he felt like he saw Bigfoot while he was here. And that was on that list too. In Tallahina, mm-hmm. um, Bigfoot sightings, I guess are common. <laughs> and I don't know if that's where he was. I don't remember that episode. I don't uh, think we watched it. We may not have, but, uh, the, so there's a lot of interesting, scary stuff in Oklahoma and you and I have kind of first, you have firsthand experience. I don't, uh, we went to Roger State, which is an old, the Oklahoma Military Academy. So haunted. And yeah, there's a lot of haunted lore 
in a lot of the buildings. This uh, is the school that made me a believer in ghosts. Yeah. You want to tell, cause I, I've seen the video and it comes up every year in my little time hop thing, but I wasn't, <laughs> I don't watch it so cause it spooks me still. I was there. We were working on a play stuff that night and I had left with another friend of ours. And while we were gone, you and our friend Hannah were down in the basement of the Will Rogers Museum. Auditorium. Auditorium. That's right. And that's when all hell broke loose. Yeah. So first of all, the auditorium is haunted AF already <laughs> before this even goes into it. It's one of the older buildings on campus. And it is, uh, is, I've heard a lot of ghost stories even before I experienced my own. One that I heard a lot is that people in the, so you'd have, there's like a, there's like a light and sound booth up in the, uh, audio, like in the, where the audience is up in the top and the stage manager or whatever for a show would be backstage and they'd have headsets on. I don't even, I don't know if you've ever heard this story or not. I don't think so. But I've heard several people say that. <laughs> when they're wearing the headsets to talk from backstage to the, to the tech person that sometimes they would hear creepy old timey jazz music, like what used to be played in that auditorium. And sometimes like military music and stuff like oh, that, they would yeah. just hear it in the, in their headphones and it'd be super creepy. Ugh. So I heard that a lot. There's all kinds of weird bumps in the night and sounds and stuff that's going on there. But this night under the, uh, under the lobby, and the uh, audience area is where the basement is, or what they call the bunker of the auditorium. And that's where the, the theater department keeps all its props and stuff like that. So we're down there working on props for an upcoming show. And it's the middle of the semester, so it's late at night, trying to get this stuff done in time for the show. And suddenly we start hearing this banging on one of the doors. Well, before that, didn't you say that you heard like like the audience was, oh, the auditorium I was I can't full? believe I forgot that part. Yeah, so first thing that happened uh, is we're down there and there were, no one else is in here. This is night. It's nighttime. There's no events going on. It's totally, the lights are off upstairs. It's Nothing's going on. And we start hearing a crowd of people. Like they're, like there's a crowd of people in the auditorium above us watching a show or something. We just hear talking and clapping and things like that, and it doesn't stop. So one of us went up there and looked, and there wasn't, obviously there was nothing going on. We were like, what is this? There's nothing up there. And then we started to hear the sounds of rain. Did not rain. Mm -mm. <laughs> Did not rain at all. But we could hear rain falling down above us. Totally didn't rain. Totally no one else in the auditorium. And then at that point is when we start hearing someone banging on the doors. Like the outside doors upstairs. Just like this very forceful, like, so they're locked. So we hear someone like grabbing the door and just burning it. Open and shut. Slam, slam, shut, slam, slam, shut, slam. Slamming the door. And just both instantly freeze. Pull out a phone and start recording it. Of course, as you do in this modern age. So then. Pixar didn't happen. The banging stops. And we hear footsteps coming down the stairs to where we are. Never been more scared in my life. Well, and in, in the video that pops up, if you what somebody says that you can hear footsteps, and then if you listen, you can hear the footsteps on the video, and it sounds like they were like running across. And that's whenever I was like, "No!" Yep, yep. You hear the steps coming down the stairs, and then it gets to the door to get into the room that we're at, and they stop. And then 
I swear this is true. The door on the other end starts banging. Yeah. The other end of the building, as if it walked down the stairs, across the room, back up the stairs to bang on the other door. Yeah. And that's when... That's when we were like, nope, it's time to go. The props are done. These will be fine. And we left. So I still am trying to find a way to explain to my brain what's happening. Like someone must have been campus police or something going around checking on things. I don't know. But we go upstairs. And so it was night. So the ground was really dewy and you could see our footprints. No one else's footprints. Yeah. There were no footprints outside at the doors where they would have been banging, but we had footprints, so I know they would have been there. Yeah. No one. So, all that said, I believe in ghosts. We need to find that video and post it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I need to find a way to download it off of Facebook so that I always have it. Yeah. Because that is, uh-uh, uh-uh, no way. No way. It's crazy banana pants. I've never experienced anything in Markham Hall, but that's another building that they say is haunted. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Markham Hall. That's where the radio stuff is doing football. I used to run the football board at night, so I'd be in there late at night, but I never saw anything. Um, But they say that somebody, I think, I don't, I mean, I'm not 100% confident in the story I'm about to tell. Because I believe... I believe Markham Hall used to be the barracks where they slept when it was a military academy. I think so, and I think the story is that somebody died. I don't mm-hmm. remember if they killed themselves or what, but they say that that person haunts the the TV station, which is underground, and the radio station, which is right above the TV station. It's a shame we don't we don't have Steve Doyle here because I know he has a story. He does that I I don't remember it well enough to retell it, so I don't want to ruin it. But it involves him going. He's down in the TV basement, and they're digging into some room that they don't ever dig into. And some something happened, like yeah. a door slammed or something weird. I wish he were here to tell it. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, for some reason, you know, if if I was at a place that had haunting lore, I'd take full advantage of it. But I think, and correct, you might know this better than me, but I think one of those ghost TV shows wanted to do an episode. At, oh yeah! At RSU. The school said no, and the school said no. They I heard that to, rumor too. Yeah, they wanted to keep that under wraps. So, I mean, I don't want to. I don't remember where I heard that from, but no, I do remember hearing that. Well, and I remember uh, a friend of mine had, you know, because that is not great press. No, <laughs> but I, I think it. Would I be think fun. it is. I think it is. But uh, we also, I have a friend who, you know, I've never experienced a ghost situation. I've seen the video that you were talking about earlier, but I had a friend who. Uh, was more inclined with the spirit world, I guess, to put it that way. They they had feelings, and they and they kind of had a so. Talking to them, I I have at least a a respect and an affinity for it. And I remember that uh, she walked through the uh, the auditorium for the first time and was like, uh, "Something weird is here," and I I trusted that person enough. To where I believe them. I may not be. I may not be a ghost aficionado myself, but like, if someone who has a history and I trust them enough feels like that they're weirded out, then I feel like there's something there. What do you? You found something? I feel like. Yeah, I did it. It just gave me chills. Oh man. Well, let's go out on this then. Uh. Yeah. How long have we been going? Wow. This is a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is from the. Uh, the Claremore Daily Progress, okay. Claremore's newspaper. Right. So I feel like this is not like hauntedforums.altavista.com. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I take it for what it is. 
So this tells two short stories that involve Roger State University. Ah. And this, this is an article from this year. Oh, okay. Prior to becoming a university, the grounds housed a military academy. We already went over that. It is said that a student died during a hazing ritual, but his spirit is not at peace, and he is said to haunt the halls of Baird Hall during the midnight hours. The current Baird Hall? That's a good question. According to the tale, footsteps can be heard in an otherwise empty building, and janitors have reported hearing the footsteps as well as toilets flushing in empty bathrooms. I'm trying to think, before I go to the second story, I'm trying to think of, I think I've heard people talk about this before, because the new Baird Hall, the new Baird Hall is fairly new. It's mm-hmm. not even 10 years old. No. And I remember professors telling stories of weird stuff happening in old Baird Hall, but I don't remember if I've heard anything in new Baird Hall. But wasn't old Baird Hall right on top of new Baird Hall? Yeah. So it's entirely possible that the ghost would remain. Yeah. Yeah. Baird Hall is another one that I spent a lot of time in late at night, and I don't remember seeing anything in that building. No. Just not to say anything. Now, here's the one that really freaked me out, and it'll freak you out too, I'm sure, because of, uh, you'll see. And we're going to have to ask some people about this. Uh Uh-oh. In 1989, the college radio station's program director passed away of a heart attack early one Sunday morning on the couch in the station lobby. You ever heard that? No. I've never heard that. And we both worked at RSU Radio for a, quite a while. Yeah. So we got to find out about that, first of all. So he had a heart attack and died, allegedly, on the couch in the station lobby. Weeks later, staff members who were locking up down by the parking lot reported seeing the deceased program director peering at them out of a darkened window in his old office on the second floor. The director was only said to have been seen peering out the window a couple more times. Now that building has been demolished and the radio station is located in a different building. Neither tale could be confirmed through university officials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ain't that creepy, though? Yeah, I kind of got goosebumpies. Right, I told you. So I will say one thing that that jogged another memory. Uh, I don't know where old where the radio station used to be. Um, I don't either. But, so that's I, that's a weird part I'd have to figure. I've been told, but I don't remember where. In Markham Hall as it stands now, I have 100% definitely seen lights turn on at night in second story rooms where there should not be any person. I have seen that. Really? That is a thing that I can say I have seen. Hmm. I have seen that. Interesting. <laughs> yes. I can't say I have. I, I miss I out have on seen all the that, ghost stories. Because that's another thing I used to do uh, late nights in the TV station. Right. Doing right, Master right, Control. Right, right. So I, uh, I'd seen, I've seen some stuff. And now, in hindsight, I should have been absolutely friggin' terrified. Yeah. <laughs> to have been down in that basement by myself for eight hours a day. Yeah. But holy moly. What a, what a, I'm scared to death right now. Yeah, that's scary. We're going to we're gonna have to figure out at least, we got to at least find out if this guy supposedly died yeah. on the couch of the There's station we lobby. Can, we can find out. Yeah, for sure. We know for people sure. who know people. Ooh, well, that was a fun episode. Yeah, we got uh, a lot I don't think covered. we have much else to say no, about it. But it gave me some ideas for video OK Connection, so look out for those. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we have some haunted ones. That'd be cool. Maybe yeah. they'd let us do a haunted video at RSU. Because no one will see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a TV show. It's different. Exactly. It's, do- it's, on it's, the it's alum doing yeah. it. So that's different. Yeah, exactly. They might. I don't know. We'll have to think about it. Well, that's it for us this week. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks is the plan. Yeah, so far every we've other stuck week, to it. Every other week we'll have something for you. I don't know what it'll be, but that's part of the fun. Yep. So 
Find us online, facebook.com slash okconnection, twitter.com slash okconnection913, and Instagram at ok underscore connection. Yep. All those places you can find us there. Subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. We're uh, the plan is to put our old podcasts on YouTube. Yeah, we Still need haven't to get gotten on into that. doing that yet, but we can't for some for, for we're cheap and we don't pay for, for the dumb reasons. Stuff. We can't keep all of our podcasts on the podcast feed. So if you want to catch up on the old ones, we're gonna get them on YouTube for you to do that. But please subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends too if they're interested in this kind of thing, and uh, do the little review thing because I hear that that helps. Yeah. I hear that helps find five stars. We have no reviews. Five stars, or we're gonna haunt you. Oh yeah, that's definitely gonna come happen. back for you. Totally haunt the crap out of you yep. if you don't give us a five star <laughs> review. It's like Uber. If you get anything less than a five star review, you're like penalized. I know. So, like and subscribe. Yay! Find us on the Facebook stuff. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Until then, stay spooky. Bye.